Hello, I'm Mr. Red. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Hello, everyone. Sydney St. James. And I know when you hear my name, you're sitting there saying, Whoa, where has this guy been? Well, I'll tell you where I've been. I had three books that I've just been like kind of halfway into them and had loose ends in them and I needed to finish them. Well, guess what? I finished two of them and I'm working on a third one which will be out on September 1st. But I didn't forget about all my podcast friends. So today, I have a very special one to end up season three before we go to season four in September. And the name of my podcast is The Writing of the Novel, Seeing the Power of God. And the question is, Why does God kill innocent people? That's right. Think about it. Why in the world did God go around just killing innocent people? That's one of the questions Billy Bob Thornton asked his father repeatedly in my book. Well, the novel Seeing the Power of God is probably one of my most thought-provoking novels I've ever written, and it's written in creative writing, trying to answer the question, does one have to believe in the Bible to be a Christian? In my podcast today, I'll discuss one of the hundreds of questions that Billy Bob Thornton asked of his Christian tutor, and one that never gets answered in the book. The book's writing came after I finished my sixth novel series on the Civil War. Hundreds upon hundreds of hours were spent in this series watching just how the South used the Bible to explain why they were right in what they've done. And the North, well, it used the Bible to explain away all of their sins as well. So, let me turn to romance for just a moment. I fell in love 47 years ago with the most remarkable, beautiful woman a guy could ever think about. That's right. And what did I blame it on? I blamed it on the bossa nova. She was standing there all along on the edge of the dance floor at the Winchester Club in Houston, Texas. I stopped, I looked, then I said, why not? And I walked over there and I asked her to dance to the music of Charlie Pride's organ player, Gary Stewart. Well, to this very day, someone asked me that question, why did I do that? I blamed it on that country western version of the bossa nova. I 
Well, let's get to it, folks. We're back now, and we're back to blame. In my final novel in the Faith Chronicles series, I took many of the questions that the North and the South took and blamed the other side's sins on the Bible. That's right. So, I used this novel seeing the power of God as a vehicle to try and ask so many questions that I asked when writing it as to why. So, one of the first questions I'll be looking at today is, why does God kill so many innocent people? And I'll answer that in the main broadcast coming up next. To the final episode in season three. And the first thing I want to ask you is, how many people were listening to the opening of my show today and weren't sitting there moving around, moving their bahooty, shaking their hands, or if you're younger, maybe you were doing a robot, but I bet a lot of you were dancing, right? Blame it on the bossa nova. Well, I'll let somebody else sing it, because my wife's always told me, (laughs) 
that I'm not much of a singer, but when you're going to do something, some people say, do it right. And then other people say, when you're going to do something, you might as well have fun. And that's what I was doing in my opening of this season's episode. I was having fun dancing to the bossa nova, getting ready for my broadcast. So hello again, everyone. And if you're just coming in to this part of my podcast, this is Sydney St. James. Today, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do, if you would like to follow along in my broadcast, is turn in your Bible to Deuteronomy 7 and Romans 3. Now, I know all these scriptures and chapters and books can get you confused sometimes, so I'll try not to do that a whole lot. But there are still many people in this world who are open to Christianity, just like Billy Bob Thornton was in my novel. But they still get up each day, and every day actually, questioning many of the passages in the Bible that you just don't understand. Billy Bob did just went over 300 pages without being able to get his head around it. Not at all. Now, hang with me for just a moment while I read straight from the King James Version of the Bible, Deuteronomy 7. You won't hear this scripture much in the church because of just how cruel it comes off. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess out before you many nations, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, or the Avites, and others, nations larger, nations stronger than you, and when the Lord your God has brought them over to you and you have them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them. Show them no mercy. Do not go and intermarry with them. Don't give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons for they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and it will quickly destroy you. The scripture continues. This is what you are to do to them. Get this. Break down their altars smash their sacred stones, burn their idols in fire, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God, who has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of this earth to be his people, to be his treasured possession. He will give their kings until your hands and you will wipe out their names from under heaven. No one will be able to stand up against you. You will destroy them all. Sounds pretty heavy, doesn't it? Well, in my novel, 
Billy Bob Thornton's first book ever read was a book on Hinduism. And after he finished this book, his father, not knowing that he had read it, tried to convince him to believe in Christianity and to believe in the Bible. Billy Bob asked his tutor and friend, Father, I just can't get past the Old Testament God who commands the people to slaughter everyone, including the animals and including all the men, women, and children. He then turned the page to 1 Samuel 15, verse 3, and it says, Now go, attack the Amalekites, and destroy all that belong to them. Do not spare one single one. Put to death men, women, children, infants, cattle, and sheep. Kill camels and kill the donkeys. Billy Bob stopped. He looked up from his Bible and he asked, Father, I cannot believe that you can sit there and ask me to worship a God who commands the slaughter of so many men and women and children. Why do you ask this of me? I met a friend out on the pickleball court the other day that said they'd listened to one of my podcasts and uh, there was another one earlier about seeing the power of God, which was a different subject matter. And they told me that that book really provokes thoughts, makes you really think. And that's all I was trying to do with it. Not saying what's right, what's wrong, or question God. I was just trying to provoke one's thinking. So in my novel, that's the whole idea. Question after question provokes one's thoughts. Let's face it. The question Billy Bob had for his tutor and his father was, think about it, a fair question. Now, this is where I expand from my novel and not give any spoiler alerts with several responses that may or may not be in the book. First, was God just when he commanded the destruction and slaughter of so many people? Secondly, are love and judgment incompatible? And three, why is this generation so opposed to such an angry God? And four, if God smites evildoers, hmm, think about it. Why can't we? What difference does Jesus make in all of this I am talking to you about today. Now, before we hit the ground running and address the first question, let's hear from my sponsor because my sponsor is what helps me keep my lights on around my broadcast room. It's only a 30 second ad and we'll be right back with the rest of my story. And now, the rest 
of my story. The first question, was God just when he commanded the destruction of a specific people? The first thing one will have to do is to find out just who was, as an example, the Amalekites and who they were. Well, let's halt and take a look at all the generations of history. Who can we compare to so that you might have a better understanding of the question? The Amalekites can be compared to Adolf Hitler and his evil ways in killing so many Jews in World War II. As a matter of fact, the only purpose of the Amalekites was to destroy all people who were not like them. What else did the Amalekites do? They would sacrifice their newborn children, that's right, on the altars. They would hang back, and all the Israelites who were weak and stayed behind were captured, and they were slaughtered. In a nutshell, they were a very, very evil people, and they did this for over 400 years. So, God took the lead in this matter, not just for the sake of Israel, but for the entire known world. When reading my novel, Billy Bob would return if this answer was explained to him and say, if God is so just in destroying evil, why didn't he just simply kill Adolf Hitler and his regime before all the bloodshed began? Then the question arises, if you would not have a problem with God doing this to Hitler, then why would you have a problem with him doing this to the Amalekites. So the real problem with what we're talking about today is we have been programmed by the generation that we are living. There is so, so much hate in this world. We're being programmed to go to politicians' homes or to Supreme Court justices' homes to riot and so forth. So so much programming from young to old. Now, before we leave this question, I should point out that all the women and children were given a choice now to remain or to leave before the destruction. If they stayed, their hatred for other people was so intense that they were destroyed. But if they fled, their lives were spared. Now, let me conclude the first question. Let me say that God's purpose in each instant was to destroy the corrupt nation because they were inherently evil and not to destroy people if they were willing to repent. Therefore, God said, as surely as I live, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Now, let's take a look at our next question. Can love and judgment coexist? Billy Bob Thornton asked one day 
A boy at school is twice as big as any of us. He is powerful and almost like a giant. The problem is that the boy is a bully. He bullies all the kids around. We just don't know what to do about it, Father. So finally, Billy Bob's father took the issue to the school board and said that we must take this bully and get him some help. He needs to be expelled. Well, the school board and others said that shouldn't be done. So Billy Bob didn't know what to do. So again, he asked his father to go back to the school board and tell them that he understood why they were concerned about the bully, but what about their concern for the hundreds of students who came to school terrified each and every day? Love is not the absence of justice. Get the young man some help, but give help to the victims of the crime, so to speak. Then the third question, why is this generation so opposed to an angry God? You and I don't need to walk around this one. Come on now. God, in fact, does get angry. While he is a God of love and a God of justice, he's also a God of wrath. In Revelation 6, verses 16 to 17, it says, They called to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. Hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. In today's society, an individual should arrive at his or her own religious beliefs, independent of any church or any synagogue. So in essence, I am saying that I decide for myself what is the ultimate reality. I decide for myself what is the truth and what is right and what is wrong. Let's halt, reset for just a moment. Let's look at the past in the modern day reality. The problem for the wise old men was to conform the soul to reality. The solution had been knowledge, self-discipline, and virtue. So, much like the scriptures being used in the Civil War and those shown in my novel, Seeing the Power of God, we live in a generation that desires to force natural reality and spiritual reality to conform to us instead of us conforming to it. Okay, I think maybe I'm getting a little heavy here. So let's demonstrate with a story. I know, what is a Sydney St. James podcast without a story? Well, here we go. I go to the top of the highest building in New York City. I go to the very top and jump off. Whoa, you might say. Yep, that's right. Whoa. 
guess what? I am violating spiritual reality. Yep. And I will drop down to the street below as quickly as you possibly can, and I will go splat. I have just violated the law of physics. Now, let's take a different example. Let's say we lie and sin and we're evil. We then violate the spiritual law. The path to wisdom then is to learn to live in conformity with the unending spiritual and physical realities in our lives. Okay, so let's zoom on over now to question four. If God can strike down evildoers, then why can't we? In today's world, we want the person who commits a crime to pay, and depending upon the crime, to pay hard. There's an overwhelming desire to get even, to have revenge, but we should remember that God will one day have the final say in revenge. So although we pay big money at the box office, to see the person wrong go and get revenge, it will be God's final revenge that will decide, not yours, not mine, or even that movie star on the big silver screen. In Peter 3, verse 10, it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Romans 3 discusses the best resource to stop the cycle of revenge is the concept of God's divine justice. I have the power to refrain if I am confident that there is a God who will right all wrongs and settle all accounts perfectly. Let's look at all of this in a more simple way now. How many remember what happened on October 2nd, way back in 2006, in a Pennsylvania Amish community? Charles Roberts was a milkman. He delivered milk to all the people in the community day after day, year after year. Then, one morning, and this is a true story, he kissed his wife and children goodbye. Next, he took his truck full of ammunition, not milk, and backed up to the school's front door. He then went inside and he chased all the teachers off. Then he chased all the young boys off. Finally, all that remained were the Amish girls between the ages of eight and 13. The man then commenced shooting every single one. 
it is an unbelievable but true that the Amish people, including those who lost their children that day, visited the widow and forgave Charles for his evil deed. That's right. They actually forgave him. They told the woman they grieved for her as she lost a husband, and the children lost a father. They said if you forgive his trespasses, our Heavenly Father will also forgive ours. This story tells us that the Amish culture closely follows the teachings of Jesus Christ, who taught his followers to forgive one another, to place the needs of others before themselves, and to rest in the knowledge that vengeance and revenge are to be left up to the Lord God. Remember the saying, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord? This community took up money and brought food and provisions to the woman and children. They forgave. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening.